0: Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out on social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more.
1: The definition of bondage reads, a sexual practice that involves the tying up or restraining of one partner. The definition of monster reads, Dennis Rader. Today we discuss the story of BTK Dennis Rader. From his upbringing in a typical middle class family, to his obsession with bondage and torture, we'll look at Rader's transition from a simple family man to a sadistic killer. How did he find his victims? What motivated him? And how did he manage to keep this terrible secret for so long? We'll answer these questions, and also take a look at how Rader maintained communication with the press and how, like most serial killers, he did not love when others got credit for his killings. For the first time in my life, I'm not excited to talk about
0: bondage. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought BTK was the newest shitty sandwich the Burger King just rolled out, stick around. This episode is going to bind, torture, and kill your faith in humanity. This is Necronomopod.
2: Well, uh, they started complaining about uh, being tied up, and I uh, re loosened the bonds a couple of times. I uh, tried to make Mr. O'Terrell as comfortable as I could. Uh, apparently had a cracked rib from a car accident, so I had him put a pillow
0: down before his head. Uh, had he put a, uh, I think he used a parker or
2: a coat underneath him. They, uh, you know, they talked to me about, uh, you know, giving the car or whatever money. I guess he didn't have very much money there i realized that uh you know i was already i didn't have a mask on or anything. they already could id me and uh, made a a decision to go ahead and cut him down
1: dave i uh i'm a little bothered by the fact that you shit on burger king there in the intro this is the best cheeseburger in the fast food business. I'm going to have to
0: uh, wholeheartedly disagree. they do not burgers. enjoy the Burger King.
1: We've had this debate before. I don't think we've ever had it on air. Um, now, have we discussed this with you, Ian? The the Whopper versus Big Mac debate? I've been a part of it, I think. Yeah. Right I'm from, team I've Whopper, it. hands down. I know Dave's a Big Mac guy. Correct. Yeah. It's too much bread, I think. What's wrong with bread. I don't want that. The Whopper is fantastic. Double Whopper with cheese, no onions. <laughs> oh, it's the best
2: yeah i like whoppers
0: fair enough fellas not my favorite thorough follow-up from ian yeah i like whoppers he's like do we have to talk about this stupid shit again (laughs) great
2: analysis
1: (laughs) (coughs) i'm just trying to come up with something fun because we're about to get into what an hour hour and a half of talking about pure hell here it's pretty bad yeah people seem excited though people want to hear this story yeah, we got a lot of people hitting us up on uh, on Instagram talking about how how hyped they were for this. They're clamoring. Was he on Mindhunter? Is that why do people?
2: Yeah. Well, he I mean, he's a big... It's like a,
0: a running thread throughout since the show started. Yeah. Like his in, like his, his character?
2: Yeah, like the beginning before the um like the intro rolls it shows like a little I don't know, like what like 20 30 second thing of Yeah. Something that Dennis Rader's up to. Tying
0: himself up that day or
2: you know, whatever he's <laughs> yeah. up to. Yeah. Uh, Those <laughs> fucked up
0: bondage photos he right. takes by himself. Yeah. Because he can't get anyone to do it for him. I suspect next season three is probably gonna be more about him,
2: maybe. Yeah, it's I weird. I don't know how that's gonna play out yeah. because it's still a ways off. It's in the eighties. Last season was in the eighties, so yeah. he doesn't get caught for another twenty some years.
1: True. When's a new season? Is it every summer? Mindhunter comes out. Because then the second season could just come out like in the past month or so, two months. Yeah, something yeah, like that.
2: In
0: August. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll see.
2: Yeah. So let's uh let's jump into it. Uh Dennis Lynn Rader was born March 9th, nineteen forty five in Pittsburgh, Kansas, to William and Dorothea Rader. He was the oldest of four children. And Dennis's father was a member of the US Marine Corps. And when he retired, he went to work for the Kansas Gas and Electric Company in nineteen forty eight. Uh, Dennis's mother, Dorothea, worked as a bookkeeper, and his three younger brothers were Jeff, Paul, and Bill. The family relocated to Wichita when Dennis was pretty young, and that's where he he spent the majority of his childhood.
1: Uh Uh-oh, spam phone calls blowing Dave up again. (laughs)
0: Have (laughs) you ever been to Wichita? I was just
1: going to ask you guys
2: that. No, I I have not. I've never been to Kansas. so
0: I don't think I have either. I don't think I've
1: been through Kansas. Have you? I feel like you probably wouldn't I remember.
2: Driven even if you did. through, I didn't nothing.
0: stop or anything.
1: So you've been through it though. Yeah, it's not that cornfields, great. <laughs> farmland. Yeah, pretty much. Like driving through mid Ohio. Really. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs>
2: his his father was described as strict but never abusive, and from all accounts, Dennis was just a normal, average child, and the family was described as an average working class family. Nothing out of the ordinary. So not the religious
0: kook blueprint that we've talked about so many times in the past.
2: Yeah, no, no. Um, we have
0: never talked about any religious kooks.
2: <laughs> no abusive mother. Yeah, right. You know, like overbearing mother that.
0: Just a regular dude. Yeah. Had to find a way to kill time out in Kansas. <laughs> he
2: uh, he always tried to be on his best behavior. Um, he was a member of the Boy Scouts. Did a lot of church activities. Um, all of his teachers throughout school said he was an average student and never caused any problems um, and as he got older he was described as a quote polite and quiet young man that kept to himself hmm. so there's like and i even saw something that was talking about how one of his brothers was considered like the Black sheep of the family, or like the problem oh, yeah? causer, and Dennis was like made it a point that he was gonna be the good son, kind of thing. Like,
1: was the brother like ostracized by the family? Like how a lot of the serial killers we hear of are ostracized by their family. Like, was this brother like treated like the black sheep?
2: I, it, we no, don't. It was just like he was the one that. Like Cause if you looked were... at that family and said,
1: someone's going to kill a bunch of people, you'd look at that brother and be like,
2: we're looking at you. I <laughs> picked the wrong guy, right?
0: Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty boring story, Ian. Yeah, this I mean, he's not... Fucking white bread here. He's just dude. like a guy you wouldn't even know. Like, you wouldn't even bother... You, you wouldn't know,
1: recognize him. You wouldn't recognize First of all, because just... you wouldn't go to Kansas first. <laughs> Second, even if you did, yeah, this just is just blends a, into the a normal kind of family, family. yeah. I'm also pretty sure that I was described this way as a student by my teachers as well. Average... Yeah. Yeah. Polite, <laughs> quiet, shy. I was, mm-hmm. did, have I told you guys this before? I was like deathly afraid of talking as a kid. I was extremely shy in school. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anybody, Um, not until college, and then I became a loud mouth and started drinking. Been that way ever mouth. since. Yeah, the booze <laughs> maybe helps. No, I was a really shy kid.
2: The end. So in, uh, in 1963, Dennis graduated from Wichita Heights High School and got a job working at a grocery store. In 1965, he decided to move and go to college. And at college, he was described as a poor student. Um, And shortly after moving, he returned to Wichita and enrolled in a community college.
1: You said poor student, and I'm thinking, like, no money, poor student. And Um. I was like, isn't
2: every college kid a poor (laughs) student?
1: got to pay your fucking student loans?
2: He was was not not good good in the classroom. Bad grades.
1: Thanks for that clarification. (laughs) Well, I was ready to make a poor student joke, and then I realized that the joke's on me because I'm being a poor student right now. C's get degrees, right, Mike? That's what they tell me. Apparently, I've been known to say that. I have no recollection of saying those words.
2: That is too cheesy. During the summer of 1966, Dennis joined the U.S. Air Force and was sent to do basic training in Texas. After receiving rank of sergeant, he returned to Wichita in 1970, and on May 22, 1971, he married 23-year-old Paula Dietz, and they had a son and a daughter. They settled down in a house in Wichita not far from the house that the one that uh, Dennis grew up in. During this time, he got a job at an IGA supermarket and started going back to community college and received an associate's degree in electronics. So this is just
1: the life of middle America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this
2: is more or less. Yeah, yeah really. With a it, twist. <laughs> shortly after he got the the associate's degree in electronics, he left his job at IGA and went to work at the Coleman factory. And then he was laid off from this job in 1973 and began taking classes at Wichita State University for criminal justice. So, okay. so he's
0: about 28 at this point.
2: Hasn't really accomplished.
0: Right. Just in and out of stuff, yeah. Just, but just a normal story.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. There's nothing. Uh, if people
1: are still awake after listening to, uh, to <laughs> us talk, this it's, it's about to pick up.
2: But so behind all this extremely um, average and, and boring stuff, Dennis was hiding was hiding some secrets. Mm. According to Dennis, he developed fantasies about bondage, bondage and torture at a very early age. He said that when his mother would spank him, he would secretly get pleasure out of it. Ooh.
0: So she spanked him and he spanked his monkey. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: might not have had to. <laughs> Her spanking him got the job done. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I'm imagining.
2: He also later admitted to killing cats and dogs as a child by hanging them in barns. Arson or bedwetting? No. Always have to ask. Nope.
0: Remember, we we debunked the whole McDonald's triad. I still like to ask the question, though. Yeah. I'm compiling my own research to determine whether this McDonald triad is still a thing or not.
2: Well, like other guys, he we had... you talking
0: about McDonald's, and I'm going to need to go get some chicken nuggets. <laughs> McDonald's doesn't want you there because you don't appreciate their sandwiches.
1: They have good sandwiches, but I'm going to get the double quarter pounder with cheese, not the Big Mac. That's where it's at. Anyway, sorry.
2: Sorry, Ian. As you were, Ian. He's like, well, you guys shut the fuck up already. He's like, we're
1: finally getting to the part of the story that people want to hear, and you guys are fucking still talking about meat.
2: So aside from this... Him saying that he killed cats and dogs. He also had a fetish for women's underwear, and to curb the bondage fantasies and stuff, he would um, he would steal underwear from women.
1: Who was the other guy we talked about that had the underwear thing? Brutal, Bruto, Jerry Brutus, yeah. Jerry Brutus. That's right. Because then we talked about whether or not a girl would know if like a pair of panties was missing for drawer had been yeah set. like if, if yeah. a guy if I mean if you took a bunch I'm sure but if someone snuck in and took like one or two pairs. Would a girl even notice? I wouldn't notice if someone took my boxers.
2: Yeah, I don't know. True. But yeah, he's got that whole Jerry Brudos thing going on here with...
1: With his fetishes. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. stealing the underwear. According to Dennis's journals, he first started driving around looking for a potential victim all the way back in 1965. But obviously he was never successful.
0: That's interesting. I wonder why.
2: He just didn't couldn't get up the nerve to actually do it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's easy to find victims.
2: Yeah. Hmm. He's been working up to it. I yeah. Guess.
0: Like that's,
1: that's, that's odd. Was not successful in finding a victim. Like maybe he was looking for a very specific type. Maybe. Yeah. Having cold feet, you know, because he hadn't done it yet. Cause up to this point he was kind of an average. It sounds like almost shy guy. Right. So maybe just, he, he couldn't work
0: himself up to do yeah, that's it. That's probably true. Sure.
2: his, huh journals also say around this time that he started to break into houses just stealing small things like this is like other guys we've talked about that it's just like the thrill of doing and not taking anything of significance just just for the sake of breaking into someone's house
0: because you know you can do it
2: right and in his journals he also admitted to continuing this behavior of breaking into places and stealing underwear during his time in the air force too So, this is something that he started early and never Hmm. really grew out of. He must have been
1: good at it. He never
0: got caught, right?
2: Yeah.
1: He never... Well, back in the 70s, they didn't have too many of those, what, doorbell cams going on? All those nanny cams? Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that shit
0: these days. No. Someone starts talking to you. Hey, what the fuck are you doing on my porch? (laughs) That
1: stuff's scary. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad people have that protection. (laughs) Yeah. But when you walk up to a door nowadays, you don't know if someone's already looking at you.
2: Yeah. That was last, last Halloween. We put out that bowl of candy because we were walking around and we weren't home. Uh-oh. So we put out the bowl of candy and we have the doorbell and it was gone. when we got home and we looked on the video camera and saw these little asshole kids just take the whole fucking bowl. <laughs> so you found them, and beat the shit out of them later? <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have done. They're buried out in the backyard. Yeah, <laughs> Fucking Albert Belder ass is chasing down with a Ford Explorer.
1: <laughs> Albert <laughs> I remember that. Remember that? On they eight. threw yeah. eggs at his car. Yeah. I think it was Halloween he or chased something. chased him down. They threw yeah. eggs at his car, so he chased him in his white Ford Explorer.
2: <laughs> that guy was a nut job. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, Indians baseball player from the 90s. Yeah. He could swing a hell of a bat. He was awesome. He was
1: good. He played, And then I think he went to the White Sox, didn't he? I, yeah, I think so. I think, think that's so. right. Yeah. This might be the only baseball talk we ever do on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that guy. But anyways, they threw eggs at his car, so he chased him down with his Explorer. Yeah. I'm not sure if he was going to run over them or what his plan was. <laughs> Luckily it didn't get to that point. Right?
2: So and then while while Dennis was in the Air Force, he started to uh to frequent local sex workers and try to get them to go along with his bondage fantasies. But according to him, none of them ever agreed to. And he thought that it might have been that they were they were scared that he would go too far.
0: Or he didn't have enough money.
2: Well, and it it sounded like from his stuff too. That, like, with David Berkowitz, when we talked about him on Patreon, Dennis Rader wasn't even successful in having sex with any of these women. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like he because they found him so creepy? I don't know if it was that or if he was just so socially awkward that it, you know, because I think that was um, David Berkowitz's problem was the social awkwardness of it. So, so you,
0: he'd get him in a room and he'd, I don't know. Try yeah, to tie like, him up, and they're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> right. You gotta ask before you just start doing that <laughs> shit, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, like, his life is super boring on the outside, but then you have this, the stealing, the under you know, the underwear thing, breaking into houses, house. Driving around looking for victims. Right. So,
0: slightly living
2: on the edge, yeah. but not
0: quite crossing that line where you can't come back. From. He's just like
1: percolating, like waiting. And then it's, you know, before it finally happens. You
2: know, and then you throw in this, this inadequacy with, with women. And I'm sure it's,
1: that's still fascinating to me. Like, what do you have to do? Or what was he doing? That paid prostitutes were being like, Nope, we're out. Like, we're not, we're not going to do this. I would like how creepy was he coming off <laughs> right. that they're like no we're not going to take this payday well I think hookers generally won't let you tie them up I mean but even but like Ian had said that he wasn't even having sex with them so was he just going straight for the bondage and they're like no sorry we're out yeah. and he just wasn't interested Maybe. if he couldn't do the bondage
0: yeah poor guy
1: yeah if I was a uh, prostitute I do not think I'd let people tie me up no not a, not. A, like good, that does not, not a good well. business move no, no. no I'm not a prostitute
0: <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks, thanks for that <laughs> This body is not for sale. I don't know. You're kind of a Patreon whore in my opinion. (laughs) Selling your bonus episodes for anyone with $5. That's true. They
1: are our bosses. We'll do whatever they please. (laughs) Except bondage. We're not doing that. We do our own like he does. That's what I want for my headshot when we finally get those. I want to do myself up like Dennis Rader for my photo. (laughs) We'll post those photos too Sometime this week On, on the uh, socials They're um, fucking
0: creepy Very creepy Yeah they're
1: Alright so have one look And then vote which pose You want me to do <laughs> Put it up on our website Dave will put it on His <laughs> weekly blog So here's Mike Got his dick tucked Between his legs Hanging himself Out in the woods <laughs>
2: Yeah that, well, that one picture Of him with his uh, With his dick tucked Between his legs And <laughs> the mask on And stuff It's something, creepy, else, man. Man. Oh, it really something else man creepy man Oh really creepy
1: he was into it. Okay, if that's your thing, do it. Just without all the killing of people.
0: Yeah, right. Just Have at it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Why you gotta kill everyone
2: though? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ruining the story. No one knows what he's gonna do. Yet. Spoiler alert. Sorry ladies. about that. So, sometime in uh, in 1974, Dennis noticed uh, that a new family had moved into the area. He noticed Julia Tarot, age 34, and her daughter Josephine, age 11, and he became obsessed with them. He started spying on the Atero's house, studying their schedule, when people left the house, and when Julie and Josephine would be alone. And around this time of spying, he started carrying he started carrying a kill kit with him that consisted of a gun, cords, knives, and tools for breaking into houses, just in case he decided that if one of these days would be the day that he was gonna gonna act on these fantasies he was having.
1: Fucking kill kit. That's terrifying. Stepping yeah. over the line. Here we go.
2: Bundy carried around one, too. Like with the same stuff in it? Pretty much. I'm a
0: Bundy expert now, you know.
2: Yeah? Ever since you figured out. Tallahassee. And <laughs> it yeah. was in his car when
0: he initially got pulled over. Mm-hmm. And yeah, He
2: always had it. Yeah. He has the famous quote about killing people. He's like, the first time it's scary, and after a while it's like, This is Bundy said Yeah. And he said something, it's like changing a tire on a car. You forget where the lug nut is or something or where the (sighs) wrench is sometimes. I didn't have,
1: I knew that. I was just testing you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hello, I'm Mike, a Ted Bundy
0: expert (laughs) extraordinaire.
1: I'm the the Necronomapod uh, Ted Bundy expert. I also specialize in Chris Benoit.
0: Like Michael, he'll come out with like a thousand-page bio next next year. At
2: Ted Bundy. It's like, look, I've been doing this research for years. <laughs> do a whole mini series.
1: <laughs> I can't even. I'm too lazy to even do my Chris Benoit stuff that we've been waiting to do. Can't even sit down and bust out a few pages on that. I probably don't even need the notes for that. I'll just riff.
2: Probably. On the morning of January fifteenth, nineteen seventy four, around eight a.m., Dennis snuck into the Otero backyard and cut the phone line. Dennis then broke in through the back door, but was shocked to find that he had miscalculated who would be home. Julie's husband, Joe Terra Sr., age 34, Julie, Josephine, and their son, Joey, age 9, were all home.
0: This is terrifying as someone in your neighborhood is, you know, stalking you like this.
2: Yeah. Like you'd and have then no you're sitting there idea. having
0: breakfast and he just busts in, like, with a gun. Like, we could have a guy in our neighborhood doing that. You just never know. It's man. me. <laughs> remember, when
1: okay. I text you, remember when I texted you that one day about the rec center? You had just gotten back from. The, I That's knew. True.
2: <laughs> this shows like a um, a level of boldness for Dennis because he didn't uh, he didn't panic and and run away from this situation. Like he was able to gain control of the situation mm-hmm. using his gun. And he told the terrorists that he was a wanted criminal. And all he needed was uh, money, food, and a car to escape. And we'll see that later. He always has these kind of... To put you at ease. Yeah, these intros or whatever he... Not can, really going to kill you. No. Just.
0: But don't ever believe that if someone tries to run that by you. Don't don't ever. You mean you shouldn't cl- trust
1: the guy who broke into your home with a gun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, if you let someone tie you up like that, you're dead. Uh, so. Yeah, I agree. Act. Don't put yourself... Act, act immediately. Yeah, just attack. Put your thumb in the corner of their eye socket and pull
1: their eyeball out. Right. And I was going to say kick them in the balls, but he might enjoy that, actually. <laughs>
2: Possibly. That's just, just his kind yeah. of thing. So he ordered everyone to, uh, to lay down in the living room, but then changed his mind and sent them to the master bedroom. Sticking with the story of being a wanted criminal, Dennis was able to get the Otero family to agree to be tied up at the promise of not being hurt if they complied. Oh, Terrible. But then things drastically changed when Dennis put a plastic bag over Joe Senior's head and tied it with a cord. Ugh. And that's the thing about that's And that's like with this miscalculation that he made with uh, Joe Senior being home is that he was a an ex-military guy mm-hmm. and was a boxer too oh. over there. But he had recently been in a car wreck and was recovering. That's why he was home.
1: And he didn't know any of this in his uh, like stocking. Mm-mm. He wasn't very good then, was yeah, he? I
2: mean, he didn't know. So, but that's why Joe Senior was home, and he was he was injured, not a commission, so he couldn't really do anything couldn't to fight, fight back. Because if I think he also had a
1: gun too. Yeah. And family's right there, you might be hesitant just to jump up.
2: I think if if um, if Joe Terra Senior was completely healthy, this might have just ended right here. There would be no Dennis Raider story. Oh, I think
0: that's a strong possibility. Yeah. Sure.
1: Joe Otero Sr., that sounds like a boxer's name.
2: Yeah, he looked like a pretty tough dude. So he put the bag in the cord over Joe Sr.'s neck or head, and then he went over to strangle Julie to death. While he was going over to strangle Julie, Joe Sr. fought and was able to bite holes through the bag. And like most of these guys, Dennis stated that strangling someone was harder than he imagined because Julie had only passed out. And I think almost every serial killer we've talked about so far says that
0: they thought it would be a lot easier than it actually turned out to be. Yeah, yeah.
2: like the first time, these guys get this like fantasy world where it's like a movie, like it mm-hmm. doesn't play out like a movie sure. when you
0: was that was it Wayne
1: Williams that we just talked about who had trouble the first time he tried to like beat someone to death. Was that him? One of his first tries?
2: Um, well, we did. Or am I mixing on them Patreon? Up we thing? did David Berkowitz, and he stabbed that girl once. Was his first attempt. Maybe I'm mixing them up. Yeah. And she fought back. It wasn't like like he felt like she was just gonna fall over and die. And, and
0: it wasn't the case. No. <laughs> People tend to not like when you come and stab them. <laughs>
2: right. They're Wayne right. Williams has
0: never admitted to doing anything.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I know Jerry Brudos also hit one of those girls and mm. thought he had killed him. And yeah. like, or yeah, Jerry Brutus. like none. A... You know who didn't
0: really struggle with any of that? Richard
2: Ramirez. No, he did not. <laughs> he just come and bludgeoned you to death. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very brutal one. Uh... You don't fuck with the screen door intruder. <laughs> That should be a shirt. I want shirts that say Screen Door Intruder. (laughs) The fucking worst media nickname ever. (laughs) So while Julie was passed out, Dennis noticed that Joe Sr. had chewed holes through the bag. So he put a t shirt over his head, then another plastic bag with a cord effectively strangling or effectively suffocating him. Terrible way
1: to go. Yeah, that sounds pretty horrific.
2: Yeah. He then went back to Julie and strangled her for a a second time, and this time he was successful at killing her. Dennis then took nine-year-old Joey into another bedroom, placed him on his bed, and put a plastic bag over his head. Dennis then went and brought a chair into the room and sat and watched as Joey struggled, falling off the bed and then dying face down on the floor.
1: He's kind of a piece
0: of shit. I don't even know what to say about this story. I liked the story better when it was just...
1: Middle America growing up in Kansas.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a it's, it's a whole level of It really is. Taking it to a different level to just wanna sit there and watch a nine year old kid die. But like with Julie, Dennis failed to strangle eleven year old Josephine and she just passed out. When Josephine came to, he forced her down into the basement and told her she would be going to heaven with the rest of her family. He then asked her for a camera, and when she said they didn't have one, he hanged her from a pipe in the basement. She was partially nude, and Dennis had masturbated over onto her bare legs and left semen on the pipe that was running to the floor behind her. Pretty I disgusting. saw this
0: crime scene photo when we were looking into this. the little it girl. It's just one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. We won't post any of that. If you want to see no, that, you can go look it up yourself. it's just, come on. That's brutal. I thought that Joseph Duncan clown was the worst one we've ever done, but this is just.
1: We always find a way to find somebody shittier than the next one. I did not enjoy
2: reading any of this.
1: It's hard to get through.
2: Dennis cleaned up a bit and just walked around the house, kind of taking in what he had done. He took Joe Sr.'s watch and a small radio, and he got into their Oldsmobile station wagon and drove to a nearby uh, Dillard's department store. When the coast was clear, he threw the keys onto the roof of the Dillards and then walked back to his own car. When he was caught later on, he claimed to have driven back to the Atero home once he realized that he had left a knife there. Oh, so he parked in their garage, got the knife from the backyard, and then left. that's a pretty bold uh, very bold thing to do.
1: Yeah.
2: And like you were saying with him, like his his uh, stocking wasn't very good with this family. He had no idea that the Oteras had three other children, Charlie, age 15, Daniel, age 14, and Carmen, age 13. It's
1: just weird with, like, as long as it took him to, quote, like, find a victim for after looking all those years, that he found a family but didn't really seem to know shit about them or the times they'd be home or who would be there.
2: Right. After school, Charlie Otero waited outside for his younger brother and sister before walking home, and that, that was, like, his daily um, routine was just to wait for them to get out and then they would walk home together. When they got home, Charlie immediately noticed that that something was wrong because their dog was outside alone, which was really odd. When he walked into the house, he noticed that there was a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the kitchen counter, and things looked like they just stopped abruptly. And then his brother, Daniel, yelled out, quote, come quick, mom and dad are playing a bad trick on us.
0: Oh, man.
2: Charlie and his brother tried to cut the binds from their parents, but when they realized they were dead, uh Charlie took over the situation and he quickly got his brother and sister out of the house before they could see anymore. And so his other brother and sister would not come home from school and see the same scene because he didn't know that they were also dead in the house. With his uh with his siblings out of the house he tried to call police but the phone was was dead. He went to a neighbor's house to call the police and when the police arrived, they took the Otero children to the police station, and um, and Charlie didn't want to leave until his other brother and sister had arrived home. But you know, he would find out later what what had happened to them. You know, and the police didn't even know. I mean, you know, when the police were trying to like assess that whole crime scene and figure stuff out, the one there's one police officer that found Josephine hanging in the in the basement. It was dark down there, and he said that he was walking around and backed up and felt something bump against Ugh. his back and like lean like sway back and hit him and that's turned around it? and it was this oh little girl Jesus. did you watch anything with charlie otero like nowadays yeah Some i watched something? an
0: interview with him from a couple in the last couple of years
2: yeah this thing man i mean it's uh he's like a really um haunted person
0: oh, how could you not be yeah
2: I saw one from just recently that he got his life back on track cuz that guy went through some really uh a really hard life after this. But I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah.
0: I know you go to school one day, you leave for school, you come back and this fucking clown, you know, just destroyed your whole world. Yep. What about the other siblings? Whatever it turned out with
2: them? You know, I don't know. It, Charlie Otero's been vocal the whole since Dennis Rader got caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you come back from something like that. Man but good for him.
2: In April of 1974, Dennis started stalking another woman named Catherine Bright, age 21. Again, he had just seen her one day while he was driving around and became obsessed with her. The
0: randomness of this shit is just frightening. Yeah. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. And then what the FBI says, there's probably 25 to 50 active serial killers operating at any given time in this country. So yeah, they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Has there ever been a serial killer of serial killers,
0: like a vigilante serial yeah. killer? Ooh, there's oh. a movie idea. That's like Dexter. Yeah, Dexter. Uh, yeah, Dexter. Well, fuck Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of her.
2: <laughs> is um, that
1: is that what that show's about? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, pretty That's much. A damn yeah. good concept. See, why don't you think of that? I did just now.
0: <laughs> like, well, just when, when did the, that show was come just out? The second one. <laughs> when that show come out? Like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Ten years too
2: late, man.
1: Someone probably already took my alarm clock idea, too.
2: You keep well, don't tell the audience. That's
1: a good one. Don't give it away. That's all I said. <laughs> now everyone's going to be like, what the fuck's this guy got going on with an alarm clock?
2: You know, we'll see in part two with how he gets caught and, um, you know, how the Golden State Killer just got caught. You know, right. I think there's a lot of, uh, especially with how the Golden State Killer guy just got caught, because his circumstances were a little different than... Dennis Rader, because mm-hmm. they went through one of those ancestry yeah, yeah. things f- to get DNA. I think there's a there's a lot of maybe not even just serial killers, but a lot of criminals like murderers out there probably sweating that could you know yeah. that this kind of those things could crack a case. Like, God damn it, my
0: niece got one of those fucking 23andMe <laughs> kids. Our,
2: our stuff's out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but there's
0: a, a piece kind of like that at the end of the story too isn't there yeah it's kind of interesting
2: yeah it's it's kind of along the same lines but it's not as um I don't want to spoil it but it's not yeah, as, right. it's not as public as right. the Ancestry.com kind of things out, yeah, yeah exactly Cause That those things have really opened the states that can use that man that's really opened up oh, the yeah. floodgates for guys to get caught don't be leaving your semen around anymore <laughs> yeah geez, it's man, coming it's back to you motherfucker yeah <laughs> So on April 4th, 1974, Dennis broke into, uh, Catherine into, Bright. Yeah, into Catherine Bright's home through the back porch. Screen door? Yeah, <laughs> through the back <laughs> <Sorry>. porch door. <laughs> um, and he hid in a bedroom waiting for her to get home. Around 2 p.m., Catherine arrived home, but she wasn't alone. She was with her 19-year-old brother, Kevin, who didn't live there. And again, this was something that, that Dennis wasn't planning for.
0: Fucked up again. Yeah, he's 0 for two on this,
2: just like the Steelers 0 for two. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. God damn. Have we
1: ever uh, said that you're a Steelers fan? Have we talked about that on the show? I wouldn't admit mm-hmm. that shit in public. So living in I don't Cleveland know. and Steelers fan, yeah. tough times. <laughs> Real tough times when the Browns were happy in, yeah. in the uh, that never happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is the first year so far. It's a tough time. We're like Ricky Bobby. We don't know what to do with our hands. <laughs> like, what do we what do we do?
1: We're one and we're five hundred right now and ahead of the Steelers in the standings. It's clearly, end times are upon us.
2: <laughs> so Dennis walked out of the bedroom with a um with a gun pointed at them and gave them the same story about being a wanted criminal like he gave to the Ateros. He forced the two of them into a bedroom where Catherine was tied up. Dennis then took Kevin into another room and tied him up with things from inside the house. So that's how police also, you know, knew before Dennis would admit this stuff later was that that he wasn't planning for Kevin to be home because he'd only brought enough stuff with him to to tie up Catherine. And since he had to use things that he wasn't planning to tie Kevin up with, the tie job wasn't great and uh, Kevin was able to get free. He fought with Dennis and almost got the gun away from him, but Dennis was able to fire off a shot that hit Kevin in the face. He got up from this first shot and started fighting again, to which Dennis shot him once more in the head. Presuming Kevin was dead, Dennis went into the other room to carry out his plans for Catherine she also fought back hard, and Dennis's attempts to, strang- to strangle her weren't working, so he stabbed her to death. As Dennis was stabbing Catherine, Kevin was able to get up and run outside, yelling for help. After being shot in the face twice. Yeah, it's
1: Holy crazy, God. right? Yeah,
2: it reminds me of like uh, a lot of the people from Richard Ramirez's run because. He, he was like a terrible shot.
0: Like, yeah, he was would hit say, people, yeah. but a lot of yeah. them didn't die. Like, I never the... saw a story with so many people getting shot in the head that survived. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Or, I
1: guess, even bludgeoned, you know, and they, they survive. I mean, probably not great quality of life after that, but a lot of these people survive. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. The human body
0: can take a lot sometimes.
2: Yeah. So, Dennis, realizing what had happened, uh, he ran from the scene a couple blocks to his car and drove off. And he was able to get home and clean up with no one ever suspecting him. God damn. Catherine would die in the hospital a few hours later and Kevin would ultimately su- ultimately survive the attack.
0: Somebody's got to live with having bailed on her and run it, you know. But yeah. what else is the guy going to do? I mean, I guess he
1: was running to get help, right?
2: Yeah, yeah there's nothing else to do, really. But he still, could, you yeah. know,
0: you still got to live
1: with that every yeah. day. And you you got shot in the face twice You're probably not thinking very clearly. Sure. But yeah, then you live with it after.
2: Dennis Rader never claimed responsibility for this crime until he was caught. One of the main reasons was it was completely botched, like no aspect of this went the way that he had planned. There, he got nothing out of this. And number two, he left a surviving victim who could identify him, right? So he didn't want to
0: bring attention to, yeah, this one. Was the portrayal they did in Mindhunter with when the cops met with with this kid? Remember that? Yeah, is that accurate?
2: I'm not sure if that was, I couldn't tell if that was. If that was completely accurate or not, there's um, the only two people that stand out to me, like from real life, that talk about BTK is Charlie Otero and then um, this kid we'll get to later on that ends up surviving. Okay, and that guy has lived an extremely hard life as well. This kind of I know, and you know, there was one documentary where Charlie Otero is in, and then this guy we're going to get into in a little bit, where they both kind of say something along the lines of that they were killed on the same day that their family members were killed. Like, it it just completely... They should have just might as well been killed, too. I'm
0: sure. Yeah.
2: But in October of 1974, an editor for the Wichita Eagle newspaper received a phone call telling him that he would find a letter hidden in an engineering book at the local library. He notified police instead, and they found the first letter that Dennis would start sending to the media. And to note here with the beginning of this letter, the police had... Three suspects in custody for the Otero murders. Who were they? I can't Larry, remember. Larry,
1: Curly, and Moe.
2: <laughs> 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 I feel like we drop a Three Stooges reference in almost every
1: episode now, and I kind of dig that. Who doesn't love the Three Stooges? Ian, have you seen the Three Stooges? Yes, I have. <laughs> well, you didn't know who uh, which one to call it was. Who was my in the F. Mary Kill we did last week? Um,
0: that's different than the three studios. Yeah, you're not one to cast aspersions on people for not watching television shows. No, that's, I did not
1: say if he watched it. Well, I guess I did. I asked if he
2: watched it. I don't even but remember. But they're not that.
1: even on anymore, so he might not have seen it. <laughs> this guy. I don't watch a lot of TV, man.
0: We get, get it. I get a ton Your of. You're cultured. You don't watch television like we. I get a, I get like a we, ton of I. shit
1: from people for the stuff I don't see. If
0: you're at home <laughs> reading Dostoevsky, and Ian and I are watching exactly, Game of Thrones. We get it.
1: Exactly. You're looking at all these wieners running around on stage or on screen.
2: Wieners. <laughs> wieners. I was informed
1: there's an abundance of wiener on that show. Is there? A especially Game of season one.
2: Well, Yeah. Maybe a um, so. couple wieners, yeah. but nothing to write a couple's home Couple's an about. abundance of wieners in my book. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of women on there, too. I mean, it's...
1: All right. I mean, who could get into a show about, like, fighting and violence and sex and blood? Like, that just doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when I watch show, TV shows, I like to just go back to what I know, and I'll rewatch the same episodes of the same shows I like over and over. I really... I don't get it, I don't dive into anything new. I'm sure I would like Game of Thrones. I know I would like Breaking Bad. It's just like a time commitment. Like Breaking Bad's what? Nine seasons, like it's twenty episodes.
2: Seven, I think.
1: Oh, and they're like it's an good. hour long or forty-five minutes. Yeah,
2: it's, it's really good though. But like
1: that, that would be my winter is watching all of that.
2: It's. I'd say that's worth it. The fuck else you gonna do all of Maybe, winter? Warrior. I have
1: hockey to watch. Maybe we should take a fan vote. Um, of listeners should vote one show that I should watch, and then I
0: will binge it and watch it. Well, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna have everyone vote for Grey's Anatomy, so you have to sit through like 20 seasons of that garbage. The show's like
1: still on, isn't it? They're trying to beat like General Hospital, I think.
0: Like Meredith Grey's like 80 years old or something at this point.
2: <laughs> I've never seen
0: that show. I don't think I ever. You're not ever missing much. It. All right. So listeners, tweet, Instagram,
1: Facebook, whatever, yeah. message us. Let us know what I should what I should watch, and then whatever gets the most votes. Or if we get a few, quite a few, I will put up a poll or something, and All I'll right. binge watch something,
0: and you guys can vote as well. I'll allow it. All right, and we're mm. going to make some bots to vote. We're going to decide what we want Mike to have to
2: sit through, forced him to watch Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> I don't, if it's good, then why would I be forced?
2: I just not, to, I don't know if uh, you would uh, like it or not.
1: It's it doesn't seem like my thing, but if yeah. that many people get it, got into it, I'm sure that I would I would like it.
0: You have to, You can't be hoity toity anymore, and I don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, I'm a hipster. What do you want from me? I'm just sitting here enjoying the day, not watching Game of Thrones. I
1: turn my TV off all day and I listen to NPR, (laughs) smooth jazz sometimes, and I read.
2: Such a cultured life out here with NASCAR and and then then I put on NASCAR (laughs) for wrestling and
1: drink some Miller Lite, have a good old time. So, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I thought we were to my part.
2: Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. So, this is the uh, this is that first letter that. That Dennis sent them, and there's a lot of misspellings in here, and typos, and and whatnot, bad grammar. I'm gonna, and
1: I'm gonna read it as it's written, and yeah. as he, he wrote them. So if I sound like a moron, and
2: first I will of say all, this I was, am a
1: moron. Second, it's
2: how he wrote it. I typed this out from a book too, and man, this was uh quite the chore to type this out accurately because he writes like a goddamn moron. You should try reading it yeah. out loud. <laughs> Those three dudes you have in custody are just
1: talking to get publicity. They know nothing at all. I did it by myself and with no one's help. I'm sorry this happened to the society. It hard to control myself. You probably call me psychotic with sexual perversion hang up. Where this monster enter my brain, I will never know. But it here to stay. How does one cure himself? If you ask for help that you have killed four people, they will laugh or hit the panic button and call the cops. I can't stop it, so... The monster goes on and hurt me as well as society. Society can be thankful that there are ways for people like me to relieve myself at time by daydreams of some victim being torture and being mine. It a big complicated game, my friend of the... It a big... (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. It a big complicated game. My friend of the monster play putting victim's number down, follow them, checking up on them, waiting in the dark, waiting, waiting. The pressure is great, and sometimes he run the game to his liking. Maybe you can stop him. I can't. He already chosen his next victim or victims. I don't know who they are yet. The next day after I read the paper, I will know, but it too late. Good luck hunting. Yours truly, guiltily. P.S. Since c- sex criminals do not change their M.O. or by nature cannot do so, I will not change mine. The code words for mine will be bind them, torture them, kill them. B.T.K., you see, he added again. They will be on the next victim.
0: So this reminds me of the Son of Sam nonsense. But this yeah. is actually before Son of Sam. Yeah. So maybe he uh, stole it from uh, from this Joker. Did they make this letter public?
2: Not right away. Okay. Yeah. No. Not right away.
0: We did an episode of uh, on Son of Sam. Mike, where can they find that episode? The Son of Sam is on Patreon. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Patreon.com slash (laughs) Necronomapod.
1: We have several episodes up on there now, including Son of Sam. Uh, What the fuck else did we (laughs)
0: put up there? Joseph Duncan.
1: Joseph Duncan. And then we just did a news story one that people seem to really dig. That was a fun episode. We all Mm -hmm. just kind of picked a few news articles, talked about bestiality and, of course, a chimpanzee running amok in Texas and. Some meth, UFOs. And, and UFO talk. Yep. We talked a little Blink-182. We this did. Some Australian say it ain't, talk. Say it ain't so. <laughs> I will not go. Okay, shameless plug over. Let's get back <laughs> to our story. Patreon.com slash Pod. $5 is all we ask. And it's going to be put right back into the show.
2: So in November of 1974, Dennis got a job with ADT installing home <laughs> surveillance equipment. Well, that's his dream job. Jesus. Yeah. Going to people's houses.
1: Yeah, seriously. Scouted
2: out. Yeah, he stayed employed there for uh, for the next fourteen years of his life.
0: I wonder what home surveillance was like back in '74. It's just the the wires on the windows and stuff, right? So if you breach the connection, but yeah. like, I, I, like I'm
1: thinking like cameras too
0: at some places. Yeah,
1: I don't,
2: I don't know. know. No, I don't think. I think it's just the wiring alarms. Yeah, not in houses.
1: I just thought if you were wealthy enough, you could afford to put up a camera yeah. or something. Like I'm sure yeah. celebrities had it back then.
2: I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and he hoodles. Well, in 75, his first child was born, uh, his son Brian. Even though life was busy and with a newborn and a full-time job, Dennis still went out almost daily searching for a victim. Daily? Yeah. I think it was a lot while he was driving around yeah, I was for gonna, this job. Yeah, if
1: you're doing home surveillance, you probably got him, you know, he's scouting everybody. Just looking for opportunities to so, present themselves. Yeah, themself. just some random yeah. person walking down the street and then boom, there he is.
2: Yeah. ooh he had been keeping these urges under control by drawing violent bondage pictures and um, setting up a camera to automatically take photos of himself tied up in bondage. And that's, Those are some doozies. <laughs> that's what we were talking about earlier. Those are wild. Vote for which one you want me to do.
1: Got a lot of votes this week. What show should I watch? What bondage picture you want me to take as my headshot? I, I sacrifice a lot for this show, guys.
2: Those are, in those pictures, they are They're, they're wild, terrifying. Man. Terrifying. Yes, mm-hmm. they certainly are. And like are. we said,
1: we'll post them out there, some of them. People can look, and they're just, they're
2: odd. Very strange.
1: Is he wears a mask in one of them, right?
2: In most of them, and then has like a
1: like he's dressed up like a girl or like has long hair.
2: There's one where he's wearing a blonde wig. That one's particularly creepy, and the mask almost looks like the um like the saw mask almost. It's like mm. white and black, yeah. and it's got red on it. And,
1: and then one he's in a grave or like in a an, in a hole in the ground, right?
2: Yeah, and we'll talk about that picture in part two because that's actually a picture of himself in a grave that he has dug for one of his victims, and he got in there first to take pictures of himself. If that's a teaser, I don't know what. <laughs> if yeah. that isn't a teaser, I don't know what is. But on March 17, 1977, this the fantasy of killing again hit a boiling point, and Dennis decided that that was going to be the day that, that he was going to kill someone again. He had been driving through a particular neighborhood frequently and found a few women he was interested in, he met a woman named Cheryl in a bar and he was very interested in her being his next victim. He's very interested. <laughs> I would very much like for you to be my next victim. <laughs> uh, she lived with another woman roommate, so th- this would be ideal for Dennis because there would, there would be uh, no man in the house to give him problems. So, he found out where she lived, but on March 17th, she wasn't home.
0: Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. She's out drinking green beer. Boom. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Eating corned beef and cabbage, right? Exactly. That's what they do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he went to another house that he had been watching, but um, that woman wasn't home either. And not wanting to give up on his urges, Dennis started walking on foot until he came across five-year-old Steve Relford. And this is the kid that I was talking about earlier that grew up to yeah. just live, not, live a not-so-great life. And this really affected him a lot. But Dennis pulled out a picture of his own wife and son and asked Steve if he had seen them. Steve said no and then went on his way to the store for his mother. The five-year-old's going to the store by himself?
0: We've talked about this before, man.
2: Yeah. Back different in the day, times. Was fucking,
1: what was not that, a four-year-old going to buy cigs for like, her mom or something? In uh, one of those
2: episodes, we talked. Well, Wayne Williams, some of his victims were kids, but they were all in the same, the five, the. Well, his I are guess were it's older. It's a different than time, that. yeah.
1: but that's still but five. Y- that's young. That's young.
2: That's really young to be out on your own. In all fairness, too, I don't know where the store was located from the house either. Yeah. Even know? if it was
1: right next door, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd send a five year old just like, oh, go get, you
2: know. I don't
0: think I'd let my five year old out, you know, just in the front yard by themselves, yeah, let alone. Without you sitting there watching. Yeah.
2: That's wild the stuff they used to do back then. Mid seventies, Kansas, boring ass place. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I'm just trying to probably true. smoked
1: and drank while they were pregnant too.
0: <laughs> Freaking Kansas,
1: because that only that, that, happened in yeah, Kansas. I think those limited to Kansas.
0: We've been insulting various states in these last couple of episodes. Uh, so we can confirm we have no listeners in Kansas.
1: They don't have
2: smartphones. <laughs> oh, Keeping that going. <laughs> So Dennis just hung out in the neighborhood and watched where where the boy lived. And when he got home, Dennis knocked on the door. He presented himself as a detective looking for the people in the photo he had previous, previously shown Steve. Steve let Dennis into the house where his other two siblings were watching TV, um, an eight-year-old brother and four-year-old sister. I can't really fault the kid because he's five. And the yeah. guy's like, hey, I'm a cop. And he's like, sure, oh, okay. Dennis turned off the TV and lowered the blinds, and just then their mother, Shirley Vian, uh, age 24, came out of the bedroom. Shirley had been sick that day and was trying to get as much, as much rest as she could until her husband, Richard Vian, could come home and watch the kids.
1: She's having a real bad day. Yeah. She's sick as shit, too.
2: At gunpoint, Dennis forced the three children into the bedroom and blocked off the door so they couldn't get out. He then told Shirley his plan was to tie her up and rape her. Dennis said that Shirley threw up, so he got her a glass of water and let her smoke a cigarette to calm down. She decided to just go along with whatever Dennis was saying so that no one would get hurt, but as soon as Dennis tied her up, he strangled her to death with a cord and left semen on her underwear. Shirley's 8-year-old son was eventually able to break out of the bathroom through a window and get help but Dennis was already gone and later on Dennis would say that the phone started ringing which scared him off before he could kill the kids because he fully intended on killing the three kids too the goodness that,
0: that phone he, rang Jesus what does that even mean the phone rang and scared you
2: yeah I don't know if he thought maybe someone was going to be coming home soon or I, I don't know well it seems like he was a pretty awkward individual
1: anyways he'd probably get rattled by things pretty easily um, yeah. you know given his shy
2: weird demeanor mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm glad it scared him off. Yeah. In December of 1977, Dennis found a new woman to become obsessed with. This was 25-year-old Nancy Fox. He stalked her at her home and workplace until December 8th, when he broke into her home through a bedroom window. Dennis waited in the closet of her bedroom until she got back from a jewelry store that she was shopping at, and that's the scary thing about him. And then one of these previous victims was that how he just would sit there and wait Like if somebody wasn't home like he would be fine with just waiting there for hours quietly until someone got home
0: can you imagine what's going on in someone's head to be able to do that yeah just sit there I could not imagine <laughs> that's terrifying to
1: think about
2: when she got home Dennis walked out of the bedroom and at gunpoint told her quote I have a sexual problem and that's something yeah. that he always that's one of his lines great line yeah, yeah. does that work
1: <laughs> like, does he feel like he's he's off the hook because he's saying that? Like, I think, oh, it's a problem that I have, so I just have to go through with this and rape and kill you.
2: Well, because he told, like, he tells or told Nancy Fox that he was just he just needed to tie her up and rape her, and it's like I have a sexual problem. I just need to do this, and you'll be fine. But and I'll be gone. I'm yeah. not gonna kill you. Um, Nancy didn't fight back, um, and partially undressed. Before being tied to her bed. Once she was tied, Dennis told her he really was who he really was, which was the BTK killer responsible for the other murders recently. Um he strangled her with a cord and left semen on a nightgown that was found next to her body.
1: So that's just becoming his thing then, like just jerking off into some other clothes.
2: Yeah, he never rapes anyone. Like f- any, he doesn't actually
1: like sexually do anything with them. Right, like, he'll yeah. just torture them, bind them, torture them, kill them or whatever, and then Yeah get off to it on on his own. It's weird that he, like, was using, like, if he had a panty fetish, that he's just grabbing, like, a robe or a nightgown or something, too.
2: It almost sounds like he can't control it. He just grabs whatever's closest to it. Like, (laughs) remember Peter Curtin, how he just saw blood and would immediately... (laughs) it seemed
1: flaccid, and he's still just blowing his load. Yeah, Yeah.
2: it kind of sounds like that's what's going on with Dennis Rader here. I
0: think you're probably right. Yeah. It's just like and he that. can't perform with women, like he he probably doesn't have the ability to rape
2: them. He I don't can only think he do could this. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think he could, probably. I mean, even though he had a wife and kids, I think there's I think with the evidence of him not being able to do it with prostitutes, yeah. I don't think he would be able to go through with it. And
1: maybe he didn't want to. He, he might likes not have been, yeah. getting off by torturing them. Yep.
0: Peter Kirsten, Remember, he has a sexual problem. So <laughs> Blue Chew ad in here.
1: Good. We need that Blue Chew ad. We don't need Blue Chew. We should confirm. At least I don't. I can't speak for you guys.
2: Oh, man. But I would take an
1: ad. I'd read the shit out of that ad.
2: So the next morning after going to work at ADT and leaving in a company van, Dennis called police dispatch from a phone booth and said, quote, yes, you will find a homicide at 843 South Pershing, Nancy Fox that is correct and then just left the receiver dangling the well in this the tape recording of that call is played over and over again on the news stations but no one ever recognized the voice to be Dennis and I know he said later on that he was scared like like but I wonder like he ahead. realized he fucked up or potentially could have right you know it was a big time fuck up did he have a lot of interactions
1: though with people in his everyday life other than like his family and maybe people he worked with, it didn't seem like he was going out having a bunch of friends. Right. But I mean, this was
2: was, like the talk of the small area, you know?
0: Yeah. Why did he he call in the first place?
2: Just being that ego thing and wanting, I think I, I would assume that he didn't want her body sitting there for a long time and wanted them to find it right away. He gets like
0: secondary pleasure from hearing
2: the details
0: when it, you know, when the police find it and it's on the news, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a big,
2: big media guy. He, uh...
0: Well, yeah, What we can tell by his letters he's sending. Right. These poorly, terribly written letters. <laughs> and we should be lucky some of these guys do this, though, because if they didn't, they go on operating forever there they end up getting themselves caught. Yeah. So, yeah, keep writing those we letters, would need assholes. To, we would need to have a serial killer that went after these serial
2: killers and got them. Maybe that's the show you should binge is Dexter. I've then never you heard just... of
1: her. <laughs> I don't know what that is.
2: Wait, didn't we cover this earlier?
1: <laughs> hey, if it's voted, I'll watch he it. He forgot already. No, they're going to fucking pick Game of Thrones. I'm sit through like two hour episodes. They're only an
2: hour each. It's all right.
1: Shameless looks like it'd be a sweet shell, like something I would like. That's
2: but a good But people show. have told it's me it's good.
1: okay. It just, like, it fades off after a few seasons and wasn't great anymore. I
0: liked it. It was better earlier.
1: But like that, and Sons of Anarchy, and Breaking Bad, and Game of Thrones, people are all, you should watch, you should watch. Sons of
0: Anarchy was good. I just like to watch Fiona get banged on Shameless. That's <laughs> that's why I watched it. I, I love that. I her. I don't get that reference. Is <laughs> she
1: related to Jon Snow? <laughs> she, she's not. it no. yeah. be a lot cooler if she was.
2: <laughs> but no one ever recognized his voice from this tape, because, it, I mean, it was really poorly recorded. It was pretty muffled. I, I mean, if I'm... I wonder if his wife listened to it. He said she did. He said yeah. that they would sit there and uh, watching the news, and he would they would be sitting in the same room together. And, Why? And he would just be like freaked out.
1: But even nowadays, you hear nine one one calls. They're not great quality. Mm-mm. They're they're terrible. It's true. Let alone in the seventies on a payphone when there's background noise. Right. Like, did he disguise that's...
2: his voice? Mm-mm. No, you just straight up guy... said it.
1: Hi, this is BTK. <laughs>
2: He's talking in a regular
0: voice. It just
1: didn't seem like he thought anything out,
0: really. No. Very impulsive, yeah. Yeah.
1: And yet he went on for how long?
2: Year, I mean. Long
1: time. Yeah. Long time. With, with being so reckless.
2: Yeah. In early 1978, Dennis sent another letter to the Wichita Eagle, and this time he included a poem. He also sent a poem titled Shirley Locks about Shirley Vian, but it wasn't connected to, this, to the BTK case until they received this letter and poem. So they saw that first one and they're
0: like, what is this garbage? They didn't even know what it was. <laughs>
2: right, yeah, because it was just a poem. Really? They're like, this is some jackass. All
1: right, Dave, I'm going to read the poem now. <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> I'm going to read the poem. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> oh, death to Nancy. What is that I can see? Cold, icy hands taking hold of me. For death has come, all you can see. Hell has opened its gates to trick me. Oh, death. Oh, death. Can't you spare me over for another year? I'll stuff your jaws till you can't talk. I'll blind your legs till you can't walk. I'll tie your hands till you can't make a stand. And finally, I'll close your eyes so you can't see. I'll bring sexual death unto you
0: for me. How about Roses or Red, Violets or Blue? Your poems suck and so do you. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, (laughs) roasted. This guy's a jackass.
2: I, I just picture him thinking like he's so uh, I don't know just such like a wordsman. Yeah, yeah. like so, he's so you know, he's so yeah catchy and he writes such great
1: little quips here and it sucks. I like think he's sitting there with like a, <laughs> a dipping a fountain pen and the ink writing it out licking, longhand, licking pen, <laughs> writing it out. Probably like me listening to NPR, not watching shitty TV. <laughs> It's the 70s. It was all shitty TV. <laughs> I disagree with that. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know, Dave. What? Tell me about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I walked right into that one. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> Actually, <P> book,
2: right? <laughs> all right,
1: so now we'll get into the letter. Um, there's numbers. Like He starts numbering his paragraphs at the end of this thing. That makes absolutely no sense. So as I'm reading yeah. this, people just understand that's how it's written. All right, this is my uh, big monologue here. I find the newspaper not writing about the poem on Vian unamusing. A little paragraph would have enough. I know it not the news media fault. The police chief, he keep things quiet. And doesn't let the public know they're a psycho running around loose strangling mostly women. There are seven in the ground. Who will be next? How many do I have to kill before I get a name in the paper or some national attention? Do the cop think that all those deaths are not related? Golly gee, yes, the MO is different in each. But look, a pattern is developing. The victims are tie-up. Most have been women. Phone cut. Bring some bondage matter sadist tendencies. No struggle. Outside the death spot, no witness except the Vian's kids. They were very lucky. A phone call saved them. I was going to tape the boys and put plastic bags over their head like I did Joseph and Shirley. And then hang the girl. God, oh God, what a beautiful sexual relief that would have been. Josephine, when I hung her, really turned me on. Her pleading for mercy, then the rope took hold. She helpless, staring at me with wide terror-filled eyes, the rope getting tighter, tighter. You don't understand these things because you're not under the influence of Factor X. The same thing that made Son of Sam, Jack the Ripper, Harvey Glatman, Boston Strangler, Dr. H.H. H. Holmes, Panty Hose Strangler of Florida, Hillside Strangler, Ted of the West Coast, and many more infamous character Kill, which seems senseless, but we cannot help it. There is no help, no cure, except death or being caught and put away. It a terrible nightmare, but you see, I don't lose any sleep over it. After a thing like Fox, I come home and go about life like anyone else. And I will be like that until the urge hit me again. It not continuous and I don't have a lot of time. It take time to set a kill. One mistake and it over. Since I about blew it on the phone, handwriting is out. Letter guide is too long and typewriter can be traced too. My short poem of death and maybe a drawing. Later on, real picture and maybe a tape of the sound will come your way. How will you know me? Before a murder or murders, you will receive a copy of the initials BTK. You keep that copy. The original will show up someday on Guess Who. Maybe you not be the unluck one. P.S. How about some name for me? It's time. Seven down and many more to go. I like the following. How about you? The BTK Strangler. Wichita Strangler. Poetic Strangler. The Bondage Strangler. Or Psycho. The Wichita Hangman. The Wichita Executioner. The Garrot Phantom. The Asphyxiator. Number five. You guess motive and victim. Number six, you found one Shirley Vian laying belly down on an unmade bed in Northeast Bedroom, hand tied behind back and black tape and cord, feet and ankles with black tape and legs, ankles tied to west head of the bed with small off-white cord, wrap around legs, hands, arm, finally the neck many times, A off-white plastic bag over her head loop on with a pink nightie was barefooted. She was sick, use a glass of water and smoke one or two cigarette. House a total mess. Kids took some toys with them to the bathroom. Bed against east bedroom door. Chose at random with some pre planning. Motive factor X. You guys still with me, people? <laughs> this is brutal. This <laughs> rambling. Ugh. Number seven. One Nancy Fox lying belly down on bed lying belly down on made bed in southwest bedroom. Hands tied behind back with red pantyhose, feet together with yellow nightie, semi-nude with pink sweater and bra, small necklace, glasses on West Dresser, panties below butt, many different than the hosiery. She had a smoke and went to the bathroom before the final act. Very neat housekeeper and dresser, rifled person kitchen, empty paper bag. White coat and living room, heat up to 90 degrees, Christmas lights on, nighties and hose around the room, hose bag of orange color it and hosiery on bed. Driver license gone. Seminal stain on or in blue women wear. Chose at random with little pre-planning. Motive, factor X. Number eight, next victim maybe. You will find her hanging with a wire noose. Hands behind back with black tape or cord. Feet with tape or cord gagged. Then cord around the body to the neck. Hooded maybe. Possible seminal stain in anus or on body. Will be chosen at random. Some pre-planning. Motive, factor X. So what the fuck
0: is factor X? I
2: think he, it's some something he thinks is clever that makes him do that, what he does. That's what
1: get, made him have the
0: his what his his sexual problem
2: problems yeah. is that
0: what he called it. So he thinks of himself as like a hall of famer, you know, rattling off H.H. H. Holmes and yeah. everyone else. He's like I'm, you know. He's putting himself with them. Yeah. And and begging for a, 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 cool, Acknowledgement name. Yeah, a cool name and a cool name. So yeah. he can be spoken in the same, you know.
2: But all these names he threw out are fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the Garot Phantom
0: the asphyxiator's pretty good.
2: Sounds like a pro wrestler. <laughs> the I am off. the asphyxiator
0: at WrestleMania. I will asphyxiate you. <laughs> <laughs> the asphyxiator. This, uh, the- oh, can I just point out that yeah. he killed that Shirley lady and then he had to go and beg on how dirty her house was. Like, it's not enough. Yeah. like, kill Jade to talk about how filthy your place was. is. That what I read? Because I don't know what yeah. I read.
1: I was just saying words. <laughs> a dick. Was that the house that was ninety degrees inside, also, and it had Christmas lights on?
2: Well, he was he. Or was that a different um, house? I didn't just... put this in the outline, but he he would put up the um, the heat in the houses before he left to try and speed up the
1: like the decaying yeah, of the to oh. to uh Man. to
2: get rid of evidence.
1: To get rid of evidence. Oh, like on the bodies.
2: Mm-hmm. I know a way you can get rid of
0: evidence. Not busted load all over the place. <laughs> yeah. you fucking asshole. Also, don't commit the crime.
1: <laughs> yeah, or stay home. Very true. Stay home and just take pictures of yourself, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not making fun of anyone who's into taking bondage photos of themselves. I'm sure you have a very healthy life.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, I feel like when you're burying yourself in a grave and then doing it, it's it's, it's taking a bit of a It's not my thing. (laughs) It's not my thing. Allegedly. But if you're, well, it's going to be if they vote that
1: picture. (laughs) You guys better start digging me a hole. (laughs) But, I mean, if you want to do that, fine. Just don't kill fuckers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So this letter forced uh, the Wichita police to publicly announce that they had an unknown serial killer in the community. And they urged people to be extra careful about locking their doors, check their phone lines, and look out for each other. Because every one of these crimes, he cut the uh, the phone lines before before he did it. So, well, except
0: that one, because the phone rang and scared him away. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. well, And that one was just spur of the moment, really. Because mm. he failed twice. The two people weren't home, right. and he yeah, got yeah. frustrated and just did that. Um, but, yeah, I mean this Wichita was like in panic mode, man, people were yeah. all checking their phone lines whenever they got home and man, it's rough. Yeah. yeah.
0: Especially that happens in your neighborhood. I mean, how do you fucking sleep? You know, you're going to yeah. be on edge constantly. Nonstop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. And then going back to, um, the golden state killer. Cause it's really, it's got a lot of similarities with some of this stuff. Just going through reading, um, michelle mcnamara's book on that i haven't read that yet it's really good good, yeah yeah. that's on my list to read it's just it's crazy it's like uh it's like people are watching for stuff you know you like in this case you're looking for your phone lines to be cut and and even like in that case people are like taking precautions but it didn't stop him right he still was able to pull it off it's crazy but in June of 1978, Dennis had his daughter Carrie and then went on a, uh, another cool-down period from committing murders. And this is something that I would say 90% of these guys do, is they have this, this break of time before they hit their, like, berserker mode kind of thing, yeah. you know, where they go off the they rails. come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Dahmer went for, what, like five years mm-hmm. in between murders?
0: I like the cool-down part, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In April of 1979, Dennis broke into the home of Anna Williams, age 63. She was recently a widow and had gone out with some friends. Dennis waited hours for her, but when her friends dropped her off at home, they stopped her as she was walking into her house and talked her into coming over to one of their houses for a little bit longer. So Dennis got frustrated, stole a couple small items from the house, and left.
0: She was pretty close, huh? God damn! That doesn't yeah. seem like his
1: like type either. Like an older woman like that. Like it seemed like he was always going after like young twenty somethings.
2: Yeah, and we'll see in part two with his age as as he gets older. Does he goes after older like people his victims age because more. well, and he doesn't want to risk someone younger being able to like out out. You know, I don't know what I'm gonna say like. Fight back fight bad. him off, fight sure. him off. Yeah. yeah. He's
0: not as strong as he used to be and
2: right. Or risk them having a younger uh, like a younger male boyfriend and husband, right. you know, something yeah, that like
0: sense. that. He's not a real big
2: guy. Right? No, he's not, he's just he's super just a punk. Yeah. yeah. In punk. June of that year, Anna received a package in the mail containing a poem and drawings of what Dennis intended to do to her.
0: Oh shit. That's pretty scary.
2: Yeah.
1: The poem. <clears throat> Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Twas perfect plan of deviant pleasure, so bold on that spring night. My inner feeling, hot with propulsion of the new awakening season. Warm, wet with inner fear and rapture. My pleasure of entanglement, like new vines at night. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Drop of fear fresh spring rain would roll down from your nakedness to scent to lofty fever that burns within. In that small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, the game we play fall on devil ears. Fantasy spring forth, mounts, to storm fury, then winter calm at the end. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Alone, now in another time span, I lay with sweet and rapture garments across most private thought. Bed of spring moist grass, clean before the sun, enslaved with control, warm wind scenting the air. Sunlight sparkle, tears in eyes so deep and clear Alone again, I told in past memory of mirrors And ponder why for number eight was not Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? <laughs> the fuck? This, the poetry's so bad Actually, his letters are pretty terrible, too
2: <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing is just it's, yeah. He's just such an un, insufferable piece of shit yeah, all the All the way around Is that what we're going to title this episode, too, on iTunes?
1: Part one. (laughs) Insufferable piece of shit.
2: I like it. (laughs) The BTK story. Part one. Cool down media. (laughs) So, Anna Williams was just... She was completely terrified by this, and she moved out. Well, she turned over the the poem and, and the drawings to the police. And the next day she moved out and just left most of her belongings behind. She just fuck. Yeah. She just I don't took disagree off. with
1: She's that. Like, Deuces. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. I don't blame her.
2: Yeah. It's terrifying. So, and that's where we'll end part one. And then next week we'll pick up with the FBI behavioral science units profile of who the police should be looking for because they're at a complete loss.
1: And we'll talk more bondage
0: photos.
2: Yeah, yep, we're going to get into some more of his pictures and get into how this asshole gets caught.
0: Not great. I did not enjoy this. Uh, I was going to ask, Dave,
1: person. what are your final thoughts on part one of BTK? Not a fan. I don't even like that we call him, like, BTK, because, like, didn't he give himself that nickname? Yeah. Fuck him.
2: In all fairness, David Berkowitz gave himself Son of Sam. It's true.
1: Well, but he but he was, like, playing up, like, a, a whole gimmick character, too, wasn't he? Like, he, the Son of Sam? Yeah. No, that's because we
2: remember saying, "Who the fuck is Sam?" Yeah, <laughs> if you join Patreon, you can find out. Yeah.
0: Well, no, you won't find out who Sam is. <laughs>
2: it's
0: life's
1: one of life's biggest questions.
0: Yeah, this made me physically ill reading all this. It's just it's terrible.
2: Terrible. Um,
1: Ian, you got mm-hmm. any other thoughts on uh, part one of this this story?
2: No, no, that's that's it for part one.
1: Okay, so like we had we had said earlier, we are now on Patreon. Three bonus shows a month. A private Discord. There's discount on merch. We're going to have merch back up uh, in a, a a month or so. Um, we would really appreciate your support. We've had some awesome patrons so far. Uh, very thankful for everyone who signed up. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Quick shout out to a few patrons here. Focus and Flash Snap Photography. Forrest Estes. Heather Marshall. Heidvig Mitzner. Jared Brown. Jesslyn Vaughn. Jessica. Joe Spozzo. Jordan Winkle. Josh Gwynn. Jugs for Mugs. Kelsey Roberts. Laura. Laura Novo. Lori M- Morse, Lily, Linnea Minor, Liz Bossel, Liz McCombs, Lola Campanola, and Lucy Franchina. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate your support. If we have not gotten to your name yet, we will get to you in the coming weeks. We apologize, but we assumed that most people wouldn't want us to list off, uh, you know, 100 names in a row. <laughs> so thank you very much uh, to the patrons who support us. We we really appreciate you guys. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, please check it out. We We would appreciate your support as well. Ian, what do you got for us from iTunes?
2: Uh, for iTunes, have it a shout out for Bun Lee, Bratney, Sarah Andu, James Vic, Kim K A G, Danny Jones, and then there's another one. I apologize if it's a real name, but it to me it just looked like a ton of letters just <laughs> just slammed onto a keyboard. <laughs> but they left a really nice um, good feedback on my voice. So. Made me feel bad. After you got
1: called a potato. (laughs) Yeah, after I was called a potato. I I think we only talked about that on the bonus show. (laughs) Yeah. Your voice (laughs) was described as a boring potato recipe, (laughs) which is the greatest fucking
0: thing I've ever heard. they didn't call him a potato. They said it sounded like he was trying to read a potato recipe and make it more bland. (laughs) So... It's so great. I mean,
1: I'm not laughing at you. No, man. I'm laughing at the cleverness of that. Like
0: they couldn't just leave it off at the potato recipe; they had to make it more bland. Oh God, it
1: also, <laughs> fuck that guy. Potatoes are delicious. Yeah. Oh, mashed potatoes are the best thing in the world.
2: Don't get me good. started on
1: French fries—they're the most overrated food in the world. But mashed potatoes, okay. delicious. <laughs> I like mashed potatoes. So, um,
2: but thank you guys for all. Uh, the reviews
1: can we talk quickly about most people probably turn us off as soon as we start doing the shout outs the cast
2: box review that got deleted Oh, yeah, what'd that guy say?
1: He was mad that, like, our volume, like, levels weren't matched yeah. up, so there'd be parts that got really loud, mm-hmm. and it said it destroyed his eardrum, and was he the one that said, this is why you're not on the fucking iTunes chart? <laughs> yeah. And then one of our awesome listeners responded back, like, look at this fucking brat. And the original guy deleted his hate comment
2: to <laughs> yes. us. Yeah, so, so shout see, out. fighting pack works. Yeah, so. Shout out to whoever called him a fucking brat. The Necro Army. <laughs> I think the audio
0: level is me when I'm drunk yelling into a microphone, so fuck you, buddy. Dave, let's be
1: honest. I'm also pretty loud. (laughs) All right. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Necronomapod. Hit us up there. Let us know your thoughts on the show. You know, any kind of feedback you have. Put out your vote for what show I need to binge watch. And, uh, yeah, we love talking to you guys.
2: All right. You guys ready for a cool-down beer?
1: Cheers.